We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. In our program today, we're going to be discussing diversity in business. Very often, we look at a business and we say, oh, it's a man's club, or it's a woman-owned business, it's a veteran-owned business, it's a minority-owned business. How does that diversity, though, play into the overall aspect of the business's operations? How does it play into the idea of people supporting a particular business based on the kind of business that it is? And does it have a difference as it relates to the overall marketplace in what we do? And should we be striving for a more diverse and inclusive? workforce in our business? Or is it okay to keep it the quote unquote boys club? Patricia, I'm going to start with you on this one. I'll let our token boy, you know, answer in just a moment, but. (laughs) Well, I'm not. Yeah, let's leave it. The boys I totally will not put you a on chance. the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be allowed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I. Yikes! How do I say it? Um, I'm I'm too ambitious to allow it to remain just a boys' club. <laughs> okay. That said, I don't know that I need to be treated any special because I'm female and running a business. I mean, I mean, I know there's government programs and whatnot that make it a little easier for me because I'm female, especially if I'm a, you know, woman's business owner certified, whatever it is, business. But I've always just assumed that my business should run on its own merits. I know other women think differently, but I'm right there with you. <laughs> I mean, it would be great to get extra business just because, but that shouldn't be the only reason. No. So Daniel. How do I feel about diversity in business? Uh I, yeah, this is a landmine waiting to be stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to open myself up here a little bit. And I'm sure that there are people out there who will not appreciate what I'm about to say because 
I've had words in private uh, with people who make their living promoting diversity in business. I am most interested in results in business. And in that pursuit, I am most interested in what somebody else brings to the table in terms of perspective, experience, uh, skill level, talent, whatever you want to say. I am less concerned about what that person looks like. If they want to contribute who they are to making sure that the goals of the organization are met and they are willing to meet me at the point where the goals of the organization are more important than my own personal goals, I love it. I love working with people like that. I've done enough research, especially research and work, uh, especially with high-performing teams and different thinking preferences. Uh, there's a, a really good um, research firm out there who does research into thinking preferences. So this is not personalities. This is thinking preferences. And what can happen when you put four different types of thinking preferences on a team together, specifically chosen, you specifically choose people who have these different thinking preferences, and the results on that project are exponentially greater than if you put four people with the same thinking preference on that project. So when, when it comes to diversity, Yes, absolutely. I love to have alternate perspectives. I love to have people challenge my assumptions to make sure that ultimately together we are producing the best product possible for the company and for the consumer. And I think we have to mention here, there was a very well-known company over the summer who ran a very special program that completely backfired. And the question everyone asked across the entire entire country was was there no black woman in any of those committee meetings before that marketing campaign went out <laughs> are we talking about the ice cream <laughs> i may or may not be talking about some ice cream program that some large corporation did over the summer. <laughs> that's what i was thinking about when you mentioned that <laughs> <sighs> So, yes, so there's definitely a lot of um, issues when it comes down to that. And like you said, there's a lot of people in the diversity, uh, equality, and inclusiveness um, industries that are trying to make us more DEI friendly. But when we're looking at our own businesses, is there a strategic strength? in having a more diverse business or is it really dependent on our goals our um or something else and again that's not to say that in a world of everything being equal we wouldn't say let's have a million people and everyone be the rainbow but 
as it just relates to specifics, because a lot of people, and if you're uh, one of our loyal listeners, you may only be a one, two, three person business. And so I'm talking directly to you in this regard. Like, is there a need for you to go and say, I have to hire somebody different just for this DEI idea? Mm-hmm. Let me throw out an example, and I want to try to turn this completely around from a different perspective. There may be a strategic reason why you might hire a less diverse team in your business, and and I'll I'll speak to um, demographics, so skin tone. Uh, anything else. So I I think there could be a strategic reason why you might do that. And and I'll just make up an example off the top of my head. Let's say that a black woman owns an import boutique. She imports um, clothing from Africa. She's located in a predominantly black neighborhood and she sells to black women in that neighborhood. Wouldn't it be strategic to hire black women to work in that store? Wouldn't it look awkward to hire someone like me, say a white man? <laughs> uh, plus, you know, I wouldn't be very good about helping women choose clothing sizes and that kind of stuff anyway. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> When we go shopping, uh, I've got the uh, bag it and kill it kind of mentality. When my wife says, I need, a, I need a pink blouse. You need pink blouses? Here we go. I've got pink blouses for you. Here, here, here. Pick one. Take it. Go. Let's go. So yes, I, but- I will concede there could be some strategic reasons why you might not want a certain kind of diversity in your business. And on the other hand, to play... Uh, the devil's advocate here again. If we are looking at a situation where you need to get into a particular community and you have a shortfall in the language capabilities there, having somebody that, and another example from my own world, um, I used to have somebody making appointments for me in uh, my payment processing business. And several times she sent me into a primarily uh, Hispanic community. And I can say a couple of words in Spanish, (laughs) but there's no way I can carry on a full conversation. Um, Similarly, if you're trying to talk to certain Asian communities, they will only work with their own. They will not work with somebody outside of that. And so it becomes important that you recognize what your limitations are if you do go or you do not go into that kind of target market. Again, that goes back to what are your uh, SWAT benefits, right? Is there a potential weakness in your business if you're trying to grow your business and you need certain people for it? Or can you work without that and not worry in terms of that? Daniel, in the example that you illustrated so eloquently of the um, African clothing, yes, you may not be the right candidate to work in that kind of a business. 
Um, for that matter, I don't know if Patricia and I would either. <laughs> I um, wouldn't. <laughs> but that doesn't mean, though, that we should rule it out as a default, though, in terms of what it is that we're doing. Everything is going to come down because as you do get diversity in your business, you also get diverse voices. And sometimes, as I always counsel my clients, when you're looking to hire, don't hire yes people. You need to hire the no people. Because when you can have the pushback and make you see things differently, sometimes that's going to be the thing that's going to really make the difference. And so, Daniel, while you may be the worst person and you've got 50 pink uh, blouses to choose from, and you don't know the difference between this pink and that pink, <gasps> oh my goodness. Um, there could be a lot of other issues that can really be there that you can certainly push back on. And you can say, what is the market really looking at? Where somebody who's more focused on the business on the day-to-day instead of the big picture may not be. And so as we look at wrapping up our conversation, I'm going to turn to you, Daniel, because Patricia won first. Final thoughts. So, yes, I will say I do support diversity in business. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that it's important to find people who can contribute, who bring other uh, talents and skills to the table, other perspectives. And quite frankly, I don't care a whole lot about what that person looks like. As long as we can meet uh, intellectually together, uh, personalities click, that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, we can also point back to uh, various types of diversity. We can point to different types of diversity. And I'll pull out a quote from one of our favorite business mentors, Dan Kennedy, when he says, one is the worst number ever in business. And that's even if you're hiring more people. You do not need more people like you. Yeah, and that's always the rub because it's easy to hire someone like you because they're like you and you get along and you click and yeah, you know, so not everybody should be hiring. Find some, Hire somebody to hire for you. <laughs> yes, very much. Exactly. Thank you. And so as we wrap up our conversation, uh, there's so much that we need to really be thinking about from the um, basic of how can we get more people to really connect with us to how can it make more sense in our business to be there and to be offering that kind of additional support to what is it that we really need to be thinking about as we continue moving forward in our overall growth and our overall benefit to making things happen. And so on that note, what you want to be thinking about is how are you really going to be making that difference? Until next time, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. And here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. 
And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.